Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares on hearing the voice of God in our silence. Listen and be blessed. The last couple of weeks, we're still continuing from 1 John to And from there, we have moved on about what it is to be under the presence of God. I have been looking at the scripture in Exodus chapter 24 and verse 16, where the Bible says, the cloud of glory rested upon Mount Sinai. And the Bible says after six days, there was a voice. Many times I wonder why it took six days for God to speak to Moses. Why does God say to us that we need to wait in his presence? Sometimes, you know, I feel our lives are so loud that we are not able to hear God. Our lives are so full of ourselves and our thoughts and our dreams and our everything that we are not able to sometimes hear God speak to us. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 16 and 17, My sheep, he said, my sheep hear my voice. We need to have a year to hear the voice of God. Sometimes we try to hear God just through our normal ears. Sometimes we are striving. But God wants to give us spiritual years to hear him. And that year comes to us when things become silent in us so that we can hear God. We can hear God. We can hear God. The voice of God must be over and above the voice of our mind you know sometimes our mind is so full and it's telling us so many things that the voice of our mind sometimes is greater than the voice of God the mind the voice of God must be over that means this mind this the voice of our mind it must begin to calm down. It must begin to calm and become quiet so that we hear the voice of God. Waiting upon God is silencing our mind to be able to hear the ministering of the Holy Spirit to us. Waiting upon God is silencing our mind. You know, one of the things the Lord has been teaching me more and more is learning to become silent before him. Silent. Calm down. Wait. Calm down till the silence of God 
is upon us. Sometimes I wonder, did it take Moses six days to just empty himself of all his thoughts, of all his questions, of everything? Until you come to that point, you know what I'm speaking about. Sometimes we are striving with things. We fight for things. We push because we want something. And then we strive and strive and strive and we become tired. And after a time, we are so frustrated that we come to God. And sometimes we say to God, you know what, God? I can't take it anymore. And sometimes it's like God laughing on the other side and say, very good. It's not working. No, Lord, it's not working. Good. Now you understand. Now you understand that it cannot work because I need to work it for you. And sometimes when we come to that place of an utter surrender before God, that we realize some of the things we strive for just works in a moment when we have surrendered ourselves to God. Silence. Silence. To be able to hear his voice, we must be still. Oh, <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? Sometimes to hear him, we need to become still. In Psalm 46 and verse 10, the Bible says, Be still and know that I am God. God is asking something from us. He says, if you want to know the I am, you know, what is this I am? This I am is the same I am that God said to Moses when he went to Egypt. Lord, how will those people believe me? How, how? How can I go and stand among these people? God simply said to Moses, tell them that I am has sent you. What is it? It means here I am, full control of everything. Do you know, my friend, God is in full control of everything that is happening in your life. Everything, everything, good, bad, ugly, everything. He is in full control control. Why? He is still the same I am. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same. Same. He was the same. He is the same. He will always be the same. But what do I know? What do I need to do is to be still. Moses needed to become still under the cloud. Imagine six days. Just think about it. From today till next week, Wednesday, you got to be in that very room that you're sitting in without anything. Nobody to speak to you, to you. Nobody to know whether you're alive or dead. Nobody to do anything. Just think of what it would do to you. You break down and 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 you break down in 
for us, we know that on the sixth day, God spoke to him. But Moses did not know that on the sixth day, there was going to be a voice. He simply wait. He did not know that on the sixth day, God would speak to him. But he waited. Are you ready to empty yourself? Your frustrations and your challenges. And the pain and the agony and the things that you've been through, the things that you're going through, the things that you expect to go through, and, and this turmoil of life around you, are you ready to put it down? I'm talking to you what God has been speaking to me. Calm down, sometimes God says. Just calm down. Relax. To be able to hear his voice. I got to become still. The psalmist said, be still and know that I am God. The presence of God stills my soul. Sometimes we are hyper, you know. Our emotions are running high. And the most dangerous decisions we can ever make in our life is when our emotions are high. When, when we are emotionally up, you know, we're quick to make decisions. We do things that are not right. Sometimes we, we fail because we take wrong decisions. What does the presence of God do? It stills my soul. What does it do to my soul? It moves my soul from pressure to peace. A calmness comes. Have you felt it? Sometimes you're in the presence of God and you feel so calm. You feel so relaxed. You feel so nice. The world is trying all kinds of things to get to that place. They're thinking if you do all kinds of breathing exercises and think at things that are not there and, and this and that and laugh like that and do this and that, you can get that peace. No, that peace comes because of his presence upon you. Presence. The stillness of God is also the voice of God. When you become calm and quiet, then you can hear the voice of God clearly. You remember in 1 Kings 19, wind, earthquake, fire, then a still, small, voice came to Elijah. What kind of a voice was that? First it was a still. Unless you are still, you cannot hear a still voice. I've been thinking of it the last couple of days. Unless you become still, you cannot hear a still voice. Then the Bible says the voice was small. It wasn't a thunder. It was small. A whisper, a quiet voice from God. You are so sure that God is speaking to you because it is calm, it's firm, it's real.
then it's a voice. It's not a noise. Sometimes our life is so noisy that we cannot hear God. When God speaks, it's a voice. When the word speaks, it's a noise. It's so loud upon us sometimes. I'm sharing with you tonight what God has been speaking to me. What does it take for me to get into his glorious presence? I calm down. I calm down. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, the Bible says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. What is it talking about? The Bible says, the, my mind needs to move from the I in me to who he is in me. My mind needs to move out from me. Me, 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 me. That's the mind. The soulish mind needs to be under the lordship of his presence. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. It has to stay there. It has to stay under the anointing. It has to stay under the presence of God. Then we walk in perfect peace because in his presence we are calm, composed, well composed in our life. That is why, my brother, I want to tell you, my dear sister, I want to tell you, sometimes when the challenges of life are stirring our emotions up and, and we are being pushed, never take a decision. Wait. The perfect example is the Bible. When you look at great men and women of God, what did they do? They learned to go to the presence of God. Israel won many of its victories because they ran to the prophet. The king did not look at his strength or his ability or what kind of an army he was fighting in. No, no, no. He was looking for the prophet. Whenever war came, they were searching for the prophet. Why? Because they wanted the voice of God. Your victory comes because you hear the voice of God. Sometimes, you know, you, you're so fluttered, you're discouraged. Our discouragement will fall down when you hear the voice of God. Discouragement comes to break you. Fear comes to break you. But his presence of God makes you peaceful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. A clear mind to think is given to God. It's given by God to you and me. Why? Because I have learned to put my mind on him. I've learned to trust him. I've learned to come to his presence with my challenges and my, my, my difficulties and the things that I go through. I've learned to come to his presence. The greatest men and women of God in the Bible are people who learned to walk in the presence of God. Learned to lock themselves. Scotland was shaken because there was a man who knew how to pray.
His presence. His presence. When your soul becomes calm, your body becomes calm. Isn't it? Our actions change when our inner man becomes calm. When our soul becomes calm, our actions change. Our words change. Our body comes under the control of the Holy Spirit. The way we react to things changes. Our attitudes change. So I'm talking about a lifestyle change because I have learned to be still in the presence of God. God's presence stills the activity of my soul and myself. Two things. What does the presence of God do? It stills, it calms down the activity of my soul and the activity of myself. The I in me comes down. Comes down. Confidence in God becomes bigger than confidence in myself. I become a person of faith. I become a person of hope. I become a person of confidence. I am no longer walking um, in fear and anxiety. I am walking in faith and hope and trust. My insecurities crumble down because my security is in Christ. Sometimes why are we so loud in our lives? Because, you know, we're insecure. Why do we shout and scream? Because we want to be heard. Why sometimes we fight? Because we are afraid we, will, we, we, we don't want to present ourselves weak. The presence of God stills our soul. And God says like this, isn't it? Beautiful. And again, back to Psalms uh, 46 and verse 10. Be still and know. What happens when you're calm? Revelation. Know that I am God. Suddenly when I am calm, I begin to have a revelation of who God is in my life. God says, know that I am God. You begin to see God in a dimension in your life like you have never seen before. Suddenly you see, wow, how awesome and great and mighty and powerful he is. When you are calm, when you become still, God says, be still, just be calm, and know. He says, then knowledge comes, revelation comes. It is being revealed to you the greatness of who God is. Isn't it true? Sometimes in your deepest moments of worship is your God the greatest that he has ever been. Isn't it true, my friend? What moves you to tears in your life when you worship God is because you begin to have a revelation of who God is. Sometimes it can be a simple voice in the presence of God. Uh, uh, God just telling you, 
my daughter, I love you. It can be a simple word. But under the anointing and the calmness of your soul, when he says to you, I love you, that love of God is manifest over you in so many different dimensions that it breaks you. It, you begin to experience the love of God. You begin to experience how awesome and love, loving and, and marvelous he is over your life. When that same word in the natural is said to you, God loves you. Oh yeah, you said, yeah, I know God loves you and you walk away. So same thing. Are you with me? It's one thing when you hear it in the flesh. It's another thing when you hear it in his presence, in the stillness, when he speaks to you, when he says it to you. That's why the, the Bible says the voice of the Lord is like many waters. It's not just one water, many waters. God's voice is over the waters. The cloud of glory is about the voice of God. The cloud of glory is about the voice of God. We, became, we become aware of God in us, around us, for us, with us, everything. In the most intense moment that you have with God where you are calm and still, suddenly you begin to see the enormity of who God is, that he is upon you, he is with you, he's in you, he's for you, he's walking before you, he's all over you, suddenly the scripture becomes alive. The Spirit of God quickens your soul to hear so many scriptures that you've read before and they all draw you to one thing, to show you who the God is that you worship you, that you worship. That is in the stillness of his presence. A deep moment with God. A deep moment with God. God wants every one of us to be there. He wants every one of us to experience that. He wants every one of us to, that's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He says you need to taste it. Until you taste it, you will never know what it is. You can describe it, you can talk about it. It's not an experience, it's head knowledge. I want to tell you, my friend, walking with God is not head knowledge. It's an experience. Some of the deepest moments with God are the moments that keep us alive for the rest of the life, our life. Those are the moments that the enemy can never snatch out of our lives. That you can never turn your back to God because you have had a moment with God. You know what it is. You have tasted him. And that moment with God constantly lingers over your mind and your heart that you're never able to go anywhere because you know what it is. David says, Lord, even if I go to the, to the depths of, the, of, of, of hell, there you are, he says. Wherever I go, he says, there you are. I know it. I remember in my own life when God visited me. I remember it was 95. I tell you, I had some experiences that I... I just could not, I could not even express it. I've said it before, once I was on the floor six hours, the glory of God was upon me. I could not even walk 
I was so drunk in the Holy Spirit. Three days, the presence of God. I could not talk to anyone. I did not want to talk to anyone. I did not want to lose what I had. Three, four days, I remember. I could not. I could not. I just, I just told the Lord, Lord, this is all I want. 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 I don't want anything else. I remember one night sleeping in my bed, 2 o'clock around 2, 2.30 in the morning. God walked into my room. The presence of God filled my bedroom. I rolled off the bed and I was on the floor weeping and crying. A moment with God I will never, ever forget in my life. Many times, many moments with God. You're crying out, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, leave this room, I'm a sinner. I wept and I cried and I, I wept and wept and wept and wept and wept. The presence of God. I remember some years ago, I was about to stand up to preach in a village. And then I had a, you know, something happen in my heart. And I, that morning I took an ECG. My cousin was a, is a doctor. I went to her, I showed her. And later on, you know, I felt uncomfortable. And I, I just um, left that place. And I, uh, I asked my friend Gerard to drive me home. And uh, I called my cousin and I told her what I was going through. And she said, just come and uh, you know come to the hospital and um, then she let, later on called me and said how do you feel now I said I was a little better she said come to the other hospital and she asked me to come to another uh, you know has, hospital that was a heart foundation I still remember you know I was when I went there my sister was there my brother-in-law was there my cousin you know my uh, you know Shanti she was there and uh, yeah there was some somebody there and you know I was uh, I know it, it, so it was an experience for Gerard and me. We were just driving there, and I still remember, you know, they asked me even not to walk. They put me on a wheelchair. They took me into the hospital. They moved me into the ICU, uh, I mean, into the emergency, and they put me on a, on a table there, and um, they were fixing everything for the um, ECG. And I tell you something. I was lying on that bed. I told the Lord. I said, God, I've done nothing for you, I said. I've done years of ministry, but it's nothing compared to what you said you would do. Lying on that bed, you know, they were about to put the, switch the machine on. They were connecting everything. I said to God, I said, God, I mean, if something goes wrong with my heart, then, you know, it will restrict me from all that I can do for you. I said, I need you to touch me. And I just prayed to God. And you know, they, they connected all the machine and they were about to switch on the machine. Just when they were about to switch on the machine, I felt a hand come and touch my heart. I could feel a hand over my heart, just like this, like I could feel it right now. Just a hand. And the minute that hand came upon me, my heart just calmed down. And I just felt like, took, 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 normally beating. Only then I realized that there was something not okay because maybe my heart was pumping much more. I don't know what it was. A hand came. And the minute the hand came, they switched the machine on. Later on, the doctor came and said, the ECG from the morning and the evening are not the same. It's not the same person, they said. It cannot be the same person. 
I went through a, um, uh, what, what do you call it? They put a dye inside of you, uh, you know, and they checked my heart. And my friend is a doctor there, and he, he said, I will come in when they do it. Uh, he was a, uh, I mean, a heart surgeon, and he walked in. He told me, Steve, just relax. He said, everybody's heart will have something at your age. So he said, just don't worry. That might be a 30, 40% block or something. Whatever it is, we'll take care of you, he said. I said, thanks, Dr. Jacob. And we were just a very good friend of mine. And I still remember when they did the angiogram, there was not, there was not even one block. He smiled at me. And he looked at me and said, hey, you know what? You need to jump out of this table and run and do whatever God has called you to do. Right in that place. The presence of God, I want to tell you, my friend, is real. It's real. He calms you and me. And if there are things that are, you know, making you stressed out, I tell you the best secret is go to the presence of God and just be calm. Trust him. Trust him. Habakkuk 2.20, the Bible says, the Lord is in the temple. Let all the earth be silent. What does it mean? The Bible says, when God is manifest, silence is a result. You see? When God begins to act, silence is the result. Isn't it amazing? We become very calm when God begins to move in our lives. When God is revealed in our temple, our body is the temple of God, then everything becomes silent. Zechariah 2 and verse 13. When God begins to move, it's the same thing. The Bible says, when God begins to move, everything stills, calms down in me. The stillness before God is the silence of God. Is the voice of God. When we are still, then you know we are ready to hear God. Ready to have God speak to us, to minister to us. When we empty ourselves before God, then the noise in our life calms down. It's time for the voice of God. And this voice of God is personal. It's very personal to you. When you are in the presence of God, a voice is for you. There were a group that went on the road to Damascus, Damascus, but when God touched Saul, the voice of God was for him. And he recognized that voice. He said, who is it, Lord, that speaks to me? He understood the voice. You will know the voice of God when you're under the cloud of glory. You wait you calm down, you still your soul, patiently wait till God begins to minister to you. God, the Holy Spirit is a God who speaks to us. He speaks through his word. He speaks through situations. He speaks through 
everything, all kinds of ways he speaks to us. He can just put things into your spirit. I can tell you many examples, ministering, and I've heard the, the voice of God. Once when I was preaching in Africa, in Tanzania, I was in a pastor's meeting, I was preaching. As I was preaching, I heard the voice of God. Stop. I battled. I said, Lord, will God ask you to stop when you're preaching? My head said, told me that. My heart said, if God says stop, who are you to continue? This is not about you. This is about him. You're here for him. You're only a mouthpiece. Just stop. My head said, no, no, but how can a God ask a preacher to stop preaching? There's a battle between, and here I'm standing. I'm just thinking, oh, my mind says one thing. My heart, in my heart, I feel another thing, and I'm battling. I tell you something. I came to that point where I said to God, Lord, I don't care what they think about me. I'm not going to preach anymore. I walked away. I stood behind, a, there was a keyboard. I stood behind it. I just held a note on the keyboard and I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, this meeting is your meeting. These are your pastors. These are your people. I'm only here to serve you. And I said, Lord, I don't understand what this stop means. I really don't understand. But whatever it is, Lord, it's up to you. Now, it's easy for me to say that now, but at that moment, you know, every second was like a minute. Every minute was like an hour, you know. It, a battle, I said, Lord, whatever it is you want to do, do it soon, because I don't know, I'm so caught up in the middle of this, I don't know what to do, I said. Pastor's meeting. I will never forget that day in my life. I suddenly heard, as my eyes were closed, I suddenly heard a pastor roll off the chair and it was shaking on the ground. I heard a sound. I opened my eyes and I saw the power of God was in the room because there was a man, nobody went to him, nobody prayed. He just fell off the chair. He was shaking under the power of God. As soon as I saw that, I knew God was beginning to do something on his own. Sometimes he uses us. Sometimes he can do things on his own. He's God. A few minutes later, I still remember, there was a woman sitting there. She was sitting way at the back. She got up and said, she said, God is saying there is sin in this room. That's all she said. I tell you, there were many of them that fell on the ground. They began to cry out to God. And they began to, you know, weep and pray and ask God for forgiveness. And I told, tell you something. It was a glorious, glorious, glorious time where in the presence of God, people became aware of his presence that they began to see all the shortcomings, all the things that they were doing that were not right became alive. You know something, my friend? The presence of God makes every hidden thing in our life that the devil tries to tell you and me that it's a compromise. He brings it up so we can throw it out. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. I want to stop here because of the time. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says like this. Let me just say these few, few scriptures. Genesis 17 and verse 3. Abraham had an encounter with God. The Bible says he collapsed under the presence of God. There are many in the Bible. Abraham, Joshua, Ezekiel, Daniel. In the book of Acts, we see uh, Paul, Revelation. The Bible says in 117, the Bible says John at the island of Patmos. He says, I was, 
He says, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was like a dead man, he said. People experienced the glory of God and God wants you and me to experience the same glory. Tonight, I want to stop here. Would you just open your mouth for one moment and pray with me? Just for a moment. Our ministry, I mean, you might be a pastor sitting here or you might be a minister of the gospel. I want to tell you something. Ministry is about an outflow of what God is doing inside of us. Ministry is what the Spirit of God wants to speak. You know, sometimes we can open the Bible and pick up some amazing scriptures and do some great teaching and everything. That's fine. That's a time to teach. But that's a time to minister. And people don't want to hear a man. They want to hear God. And if we as a leader, we don't experience the glory of God, how can we impart the glory of God? As a leader, you can never take people to a place where you have not been. And the deepest moments with God are the experiences that you and I can have to draw people into that glorious place. What drew the disciples to, to evangelize and to speak about Jesus and to reveal the power of God was because they knew they walked in it, they experienced it, and they wanted everybody to have it. I want to tell you tonight, God wants to touch you. You for a moment close your eyes. I'm going to finish in a minute. Just close your eyes. Would you lift your hands and say to God this evening, God touch me. Let your glory come upon me. Lord, let the noise in my life be silenced. I want to hear your voice. A still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I want to be what you want me to be, God. I want to tell you something. Mountains melt like wax at the presence of God, the Bible says. You know why? In the presence of God. The mountains of your life will melt. It's melting right now, my friend. As you're crying out to God, it's melting right now. Don't be worried about your future. Don't be worried about what is before you. Don't be worried about where you're going to be or what's going to happen to your life or what's going to happen to your children or what's going to happen to your family. Just come to the presence of God. Your burdens will melt in the presence of God. They come down and they melt down. The anxiety of your life will calm down. The pressure that you're having will move into, move from pressure to peace. God's peace is filling you right now. The peace of God is filling you right now. Just receive it. He knows what you're going through. He knows your situation. He knows your loneliness. He knows the cry of your heart. There's somebody listening to me and saying, God, I need a partner in my life. I can't handle this loneliness. He knows that. Lord, I need help. He knows that. Lord, I need healing. He knows that. The voice of God melts mountains. Jesus silently surrender to God and tell the Lord this evening, God, teach me to become silent before you. Silence is character.
Isn't it true that when two people are shouting and screaming at one another, when one becomes silent, it's not weakness, it's maturity. It's not weakness, it's strength. Your silence before God is your strength. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. You run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Father, we thank you tonight for your mighty presence. Thank you for healing. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for restoration. God is restoring you. God is bringing healing into your life. Just receive it right now. The silence before God is the voice. Do you tell the Lord this evening, God, teach me to be quiet, quiet in your presence. There's, a, there's times to rejoice and shout and laugh and scream. There's no problem. We can do that. But there's also moments of silence. Father, I pray that the depths of who you are, we will experience day after day. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Help us to continue to walk in this deep, deep life of glory with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this precious meeting that we can have week after week. May your precious anointing continue to flow in us and through us. Speak your blessing over every person and their families and their work and everything. May your presence be everything to us. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please send us an email to transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and be blessed.